So it's a it's a completely different shareholder, right? All of a sudden we're doing good as a company, and then, oh man, business is booming, so we're retaining all the shareholders. So a lot of companies will say, well, I'm 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 just doing everything for my shareholders to make sure that the people who actually own have ownership in the company are doing. Don't worry about that, right? That's an output. Worry about the input. Where as they said before, it's your people, right? So if you focus on people, and it starts to build, and it starts to build, and I want y'all to start filling up the triangle. It starts to build and build. Have you checked out my new YouTube series, You Need Leadership Development? If you haven't, go check it out. Click the link in the show notes because this is really walking you through why you need to grow personally and professionally as a leader because we're not just leading in the workspace. We're also leading ourselves. We're also leading in our households. So make sure you guys check that out and get the tools and the strategies you need to be an effective leader 360. Again, find that information in the show notes and get plugged in to how to take your leadership to another level. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And today we're going to visit part two of our conversation. If you missed last week's conversation, go back and listen to it. Listen to the previous podcast. We've been talking about some rich information that's going to benefit leaders of all levels, from the emerging leader all the way to the C-suite leader and even the leader at home. So my new squad, Active Leadership and Management Consulting, we have created a series called Rise or Fall. And this is where we assess big companies, agencies, institutions that hit bumps in the road to talk about what they could do to remedy what happened so they can rise again. So you guys really need to check this out because we all are going to hit moments in leadership or in our businesses where we might have bumps in the road. But the goal is to be more proactive rather than reactive. So let's get into this message. Get your notepads, your note-taking materials, and let's get into it. So now that you got this feedback, Corey, what you got about what you got to say about that? Yeah, yeah, you know. So look, look, catch this, y'all, and all of y'all out there listening, catch this. You hear the theme that's going on, and y'all, y'all know me. Look, I'm a, I'm gonna break the triangle offense out, right? So you got the, you got the data, the process, and the people, right? And so typically, so you got your triangle here. You got data and you got process, but you got to put people on the bottom. Right. And then some people say, oh, man, why are you putting people below the, you know, the, the whatever. But that's your foundation. Right. So you got a lot of companies who say, oh, well, we're, we're doing this for our shareholders. We're doing this for the stakeholders and the companies, the ones who's buying stock or the ones who have partial ownership and all that stuff. And to be honest with you, in today's society. Why are we doing it for the shareholders? Because the, the reason I say that the minute the company doesn't go in the direction, I'm on Robin Hood selling my stocks. <laughs> I'm on E-Trader selling my stocks. You know, the, the stocks may dip. Somebody else comes over. So it's a it's a completely different shareholder, right? All of a sudden, we're doing good as a company. And, then, oh, man, business is booming. So we're retaining all the shareholders. So a lot of companies will say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing everything for my shareholders to make sure that the people who actually own have ownership in the company are doing. Don't worry about that, right? That's an output. Worry about the input. Whereas they said before, it's your people, right? So if you focus on people and it starts to build and it starts to build and I want you all to start filling up the triangle, it starts to build and build and build. And then the data and the process comes along and that starts to be held up by your people. Right. But what happens is, is they go in with data and say, hey, based on this, the process is absolutely correct because I got the data to back it up and they never empower the people. Right. They never give the people the power to say, 
in this framework, do be you, do your thing, like do what you need to do, right? And so all of a sudden the sides start caving in because we got all this data, all this process, but the people aren't rising to the occasion because the people don't feel like this is theirs, this is them, this is, they own it, right? Um, I'll give you an example. I just, I just went to Whataburger the other day. Shout out to all my Texas people. Um, I just went to Whataburger, right? I'm on the app. And on the app, it says, uh, you know, I get like a, it was like a free honey butter chicken biscuit. Right. And so I go I go into the drive through and I had ordered online. I did what it said. It said, click the button, order it online. Right. Go through the drive through. They said, no, that's not how you're supposed to order. it. So I pull off to the side. I then I, I click the button again, put a different order through the curbside thing. So I, the one of the one of the uh, employees comes out and says, no, well, I don't think that's how you're supposed to do that. Uh, and I said, well, look. I pay for this food right here. Showed them my receipt. I pay for the food. I said, you can see like the date on this on this coupon right here that says that I get it for free. Right. And she was like, ah, well, yeah, but we can't really do that. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why not? So long story short, you wanted, you wanted that honey butter. Yeah. Another another person. It was about to expire, too. So I'm, I'm like, I got to get it. Um, so it comes out like somebody else comes out. They look at it. Yeah, I think you got to pull around back through the drive-thru. And I'm like, wait, wait, why? I was just in the drive-thru, right? And so snap back forward, then a manager comes out. And then the manager just says, oh, yeah, we'll just take care of that. Like, don't worry about it. I can see that it, it, it hasn't expired. It's right there, whatever. I can do that. But catch the message behind that, right? Everybody else was afraid to act and afraid to do the same thing that the manager said that was okay to do. Why? Because those people probably aren't empowered. There's a framework of what needs to happen. And everybody else is like, no, I think you should go here. No, I think you should go there. No, go over there. And simply the manager just comes out and says, hey, here's this $2 chicken sandwich that you were trying to order. You know, that's the empowerment of the people. That lets me know that at that particular location, I'm not knocking Whataburger because I've gotten great service from there. But that lets me know in the grand scheme of things, there's something in place and they're not being empowered to be able to make a decision, right? You go up to certain uh, airlines, right? You go to one airline, that airline says, oh, yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll switch your flight for you. It's fine. You go to another airline, they're like, oh, I can't do that. Why? Because I'm afraid to deviate from what our process is because I might lose my job. I might get reprimanded for it. And although the company is pushing yeah, customer, 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 your process doesn't say that. But when you pour into your people, when you push your people and you empower your people and you say, you know what? I get it. You might be the most entry level person here but you still have power. You might've gotten a couple of promotions. You still got some power to make some decisions. And you know what, in the, in, on hindsight, even if you make a decision that I'm like, ah, I don't really know what that's about. Was it for the customer? Did it cost us an arm and a leg to be able to do this thing? I'm gonna support you, that's fine. You made the right call. And I think you start to see your employees move differently. And so that's when you start to see the, the triangle start filling up. It starts filling up. And then your people start to say, ah, I got the data. I understand the data. I understand the process. Right. And now all of a sudden you got that well-oiled machine where you're sitting here saying, okay, cool. I don't have to worry about being a customer first place because naturally we're customer first because my people say, I'm going to do whatever it is to make the customer happy. They want to work for you. They want to show up. They want to promote like that's leadership, right? You get to a point to where they say, you know what? I'm just going to take ownership of this situation. I don't have to look for my manager for this. I'm just going to own it right now. So those are the types of things I I'm, I think we hit it spot on. You got to start with the employees. I think yes, you need the you need the processes and the data and the vision and all this stuff. But if you don't pour and empower into your employees, you 
you're going to have it all day and not run as effectively as you could. Mm, and oh man, I just want to hit on the point where you talked about you had look at how many interactions you had to have before a manager came out. But just imagine if after that one incident or that person not saying, okay, well, it doesn't work that second time, you could have been like, I'm done. I would never go to Whataburger ever again. And that's why it's so important that we're pouring into our team members because they are that first interaction that they're having with the clients. That experience needs to be up to par. And I love what you talked about empowering them, because if that same process, if it was essentially the manager was going to say, oh, well, just give it to me, we'll take care of it. Are you empowering your people and giving them the tools so there's um, the communication is around the board where everybody knows, Okay, if we run into this issue, how do we address it? Like, for instance, for me. If that would have happened and there was a communication thing as the manager, hey, it happens. It does happen. Sometimes there's a communication gap. Maybe people don't understand. Maybe you you dealt with all new people that started working there. So I hope the follow through for that manager was, okay, what happened? Let's talk about it. You sit down with everyone. Well, I thought this. I wasn't sure this. I got trained this. I wasn't uh, sure. Then now um, I, I talked about swimming lessons, right? So I talked about swimming lessons and how, um, you know, you people go through swimming lessons and how uh, leaders should never let their team members drown. So just imagine, I've heard those stories where the way I learned how to swim is that somebody just threw me in the pool and I had to figure it out. I was like, leaders don't ever let your people drown because, yeah, you let them figure it out. And then you wake up in the hospital and you're like, why'd you make me drown? You know, you never know how that might turn out. However, you can either assist the person or go save them. So, for instance, when my kids had uh, when they went through swim lessons, there was a phase where they got enough tools and strategies where now the leader in the pool was able to step back and say, OK, Samuel, you got it. Don't forget, do this, that. And they threw little tips out there. But there were moments where my son jumped in the pool and he's like freaking out that you had to go out and do the save. And then after that, that swim captain or that swim leader broke it down and said, OK, this is what we need to work on. You this is the you didn't lay this way. You didn't swing your arms this way. OK, great. But how many managers are taking time to do that? So the next interaction they have with another person that has that same issue that doesn't happen again because literally after that first interaction, like you went above and beyond, Corey. I would have been like, I'm done. Now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't have gone to Whataburger again, but I've been like, you know what? Forget the coupon. I don't know what I would have done, but potentially that could have also led to a loss of client. And again, that's why it's so important that you do not let your team members drown. You go in and assist them, save, and then also utilize those time to teach lessons and re-engage and empower them so they know how to interact with that team member, excuse me, interact with that client that comes their way. Because again, they're the ones that are boots on the ground that are going to have that first interaction with your team members. So that's my take on that. Anything else yeah, for you? Check, I check this out. No, check this out. So you, you talk about that too, right? One of the things that leaders need to get comfortable doing is in that in that scenario that I'm sure that person came back in there because they sent somebody back out. Right. I'm sure somebody came back in there and said, hey, this is the issue. This is what we're looking at. Yada, yada, yada. Right. So the, the, look, it's six words. Right. It's six words in this question form. What do you want to do? And I want the person to tell me what they want to do. And then I want I want to empower that person to, to say it unless it's some outrageous thing, because I'm pretty sure the employee walked back in there and was like, yeah, everything checked out fine. But that's the thing. What do you want to do? OK, cool. You want to do that? Let's go do that. Go save the day for him. And, you know, I, I I empower a lot of people to do that themselves with it. Yeah, it might not be part of the, the per se process or it might not be in their job function or whatnot. 
But at the end of the day, people want to be able to make decisions. You're either building or breaking relationships. Guess what just happened for that employee? I just built the relationship with them because I empowered them. What do you want to do? Oh, you want to go give it to them? Sure, go save the day, right? Then for the customer, they say, okay, well, what do I want? What like what? What do y'all want to do, right? So from there, they say, oh, such and such came back out and gave me the thing, right? Okay, cool. Oh man, that was a great experience, right? So everyone wins, and it was simply you. You verified this, like you. All you did was verify the information, and that was that, like. So yeah, it's just it, what. What do you want to do? Empower your people. That, that's real powerful when it comes to when people ask you questions. And that's good. And what I heard and what I took from you guys talking about this is a lot of leaders burn out. A lot of CEOs get fed up, or a lot of management teams they switch, and it's because they feel like they have to do all the work. But you are causing or bringing that upon yourselves sometimes. And I've done it from my personal experience. If someone is not doing a job as fast as I want them to do it, or it doesn't go quite right, I say, you know what? I do it myself. And that's probably what the manager did. They came back in there twice. The manager said, okay, I'm going to go handle this myself. But at that juncture, you're taking away the power. And now your team members, that's the default. Instead of them being empowered to make decisions, to do the next thing, to take initiative, they're just going to throw their hands up and be like, you know what? I'm going to let my boss take care of it. I ain't going to have anything to do with it. So as a leader, we're investing in our people. And that part of that leadership development teaches us that, okay, for me to alleviate some of my stress, I need to be able to delegate. I need to be able to understand how to delegate that information. And then what decisions can I make within my power? What, when we think back to the Ellen DeGeneres show, when those people went, in 2018 and made those complaints, what happened? Was it an HR person that felt like, you know what? They brought this to me. I can't really do nothing about it. And instead of them pushing it to the next level, it had to have, there was a gap somewhere where somebody ignored it or dropped it or forgot it because now it's popping back up in 2020. And they're saying, you know what? In 2018 is when we actually started this. You didn't hear us then. Now we're in a culture of cancel culture. I'm just going to go on the internet and make it heard. And now you actually have to do something, which had that person in that position that first got that complaint handled it appropriately or even went or felt they maybe they didn't feel comfortable going up to the next level. Maybe they were like, you know, I ain't going to lose my job. <laughs> so we don't know what happened in that instance. But I can see so many different layers of just not being comfortable and not knowing the proper chain of command to go to to handle a situation. So the success of a company depends on how you empower your people. How are you according to your people? How are you give what kind of tools are you giving them? And is there structure? I'm gonna beat it over the head with structure, with goal, process, <laughs> because Everything sounds great, but are you really doing this thing? And it's evident that 2018, they had some complaints. 2020 is hitting the fan. Somebody didn't follow a plan, if it yeah. was at all. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and and that's important to see because it's like, what's, what was the breakdown in the structure? So if a complaint happened in 2018, yes, it's identifying, was it a human, per- like a human that was like, listen, I can't escalate it because I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, was it a system issue? Like, the, did the individuals know the right systems? Did they tell the right person? Maybe, you know, there was something in the process and they didn't realize how to escalate it or take it to the next step. So it's really identifying you know, where was the breakdown? And once you identify the breakdown, now it's coming up with a system and a process to remedy it. And one of the things that Warner Brothers was gonna create is a hotline. So, okay, so what's the system behind that? And hoping that they're educating their team members to say, okay, when you call this hotline, this is what's gonna happen. And this is how long it's gonna take. You're gonna get a resolution between 30 to 60 days. And it might requ- it might mean that you might have mediation. It might mean that there's gonna be an accountability process or it might mean that there might be some disciplinary action. But again, that is a system a system that works. And not only that, if you have a system, making sure that you're utilizing the system that you have. I know I'm saying system a lot. A lot. <laughs> Tyrus got me in that mode. But that's the thing. What if there was a system in place, but the system wasn't followed? And now you have to look at it. Okay, now you're saying, oh, the system is good, but now it's the people. So if it was a, if it was an individual that didn't feel comfortable, why was that? Now it's a people issue. Now we have to remedy and find out what it is that made you uncomfortable or what it is that made you say, we're not going to escalate this because we're more worried about the external, like in the stake, I mean, the stakeholders versus, um, or the shareholders versus the stakeholders, the people that are actually within. Okay, now we have to remedy that. So definitely they have to take time and identify what happened, why it happened, fix that, remedy it, and hopefully that will benefit them in the rise you know, back into where they were, because again, a lot of people are not having it. We're living in a space where, again, the future is diverse. Diversity, it's a demand, equal treatment, respect. It is something that people are looking for. Their accountability is now something that people are looking for, because in the past, it was kind of like, well, when it comes to my job, I just go and it is what it is. But even accountability is being asked. So even now, it's not that, hey, take action, but what do you, what's your accountability process going to be behind that? What are you going to do? What are your demands? Like, for instance, we know the NBA, you know, and a lot of sports leagues um, and sports teams were like, okay, we're not going to play. And then today I read that they had X amount of demands. They figured it out, they worked it out, and now this is the resolution. But then also having that follow through on the back end to make sure you have a maintenance plan, another system that's going to make sure that you are maintaining that process. So there's so many layers that need to be remedied, but it's identifying if you have a system, if you're actually following it, and if it's not, is it a human issue? And if it's a human issue, remedying it with another system. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, Like I said, I'm not the same person. I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How I fit your strategic goal. And they're like, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, that does. I mean, I'm glad glad you got me there because that's good, so feel it was accurate like what was your feedback i think it was definitely accurate thank you so oh, much this was fantastic you're welcome you're welcome and you have period like how do you feel now 
I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. I'm like, I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, That's this is good. good. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. Systems, systems, systems. All the systems. Listen, look, I, I might have said that a hundred times, okay? I'm going to just tell y'all this, though. And y'all talked about, like, when things aren't remedied and the system wasn't in place for you to fix that, figure that out, don't be mad when leaders leave. And now they're on the internet and they're within your company and they, they're rising up and saying, I don't have to deal with this no more. Don't be mad when leaders leave. That's good, Corey. Yeah, that's good. And another piece that I'm thinking about with this is we have to get away from the fear culture. I think with a lot of companies, there is a fear factor that if I do complain, something might happen to my job. And we have the system. I think that's the first and foremost piece, a process, a standard, a procedure, a method of going through. But then, Aisha, as you talked about, the right people. So is it a possibility that it got to a point and that person was like, you know what, I ain't doing nothing about this. Or they reprimanded, you know what, if you really want your career, you'll just be quiet. You don't want to take it any further. And that has been the norm in that culture for so many years. And now we're in 2020 and things are changing. We're not standing for that anymore. So as an employee or as a middle management, lower level, make sure that you're being accountable and sticking to the process. We don't want just the vision and goal and plan to be written. Like, for instance, the HR person and the hotline that now they can call if they feel like something's going on. Well, when they call that, I want to see some action behind it put some teeth in it and I don't want to see any more of the well now that it's hit the fan we're going to oust three of the people <laughs> that was involved they spent two more years since 2018 of doing what they were doing it took you that long and now to I see it as scapegoating honestly yeah they may have did it but now you're scapegoating them just to remove them completely so that your organization isn't looked at in a funny light well, Ellen did something. She fired three people or Warner Brothers fired three people. But how many other individuals are they allowing to continue to do this before they make these concrete changes? Yep. Yes, yes. I mean, no, go ahead, Corey. No, I was, I was just like, yep, that's that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, and again, we're looking at two areas. It's identifying, it's just, is it the system or is it the people? And if it's either or, what are you going to remedy it? Um, it is easy to some, and, they, and there are going to be situations where you just have to cut ties and fire that person 100%, but also making sure that moving forward, the new people that you're bringing in, what is, like I said, that system? What are you going to do to make sure that individuals are being um, developed effectively? Because again, we put people into these roles because of maybe, oh man, they're able to like bring in so much revenue. They're able to, they have all these network connections. And you look at the external aspect and maybe skills in certain areas, but if they don't have effective employee management, people management skills, then again, you're going to have this happen again. So when it comes to rising again, it's really, you have to rebuild the trust. You have to, your, your team members are having to really like trust you all over again. So everything that you're doing is going to be watched now. Everything that you're going to do, they're going to be like, okay, I called the hotline. They said they were going to get back to me in 30 days. They better get back to them in 30 days. Okay. I called them. Okay. The 30 days they did it. Now, are they going to really 
uh, hold this person accountable, hold the person accountable. So you have to make sure that everything you do as you're rebuilding the trust and you're rising again, that you're following through, that you're doing the work necessary. So on the outside, we're seeing the show's back. Yay. However, internally, people are suffering. So you have to make sure you have that follow through. And I think that is extremely important. So those are some of the remedies we talked about in this first part. I mean, I think it was so important that we highlighted mission, vision, values, understanding what that is and when people lose sight of it. And then also talking about what's more important. We have to remember, and, and I think we, we came to a consensus that the team is important. You have to make sure the team are right. And then when you put leaders in place, you have to make sure they have the right fit. Identify their behavior styles. Identify what gaps they have. And if they have a communication issue or an accountability issue or a conflict resolution issue, so you can resolve that. And then also identify the systems you have in place and make sure those are remedied, as well as the people systems you have into place, because there are people within those systems that people have to interact with. So let's go around and have any uh, last words before we, you know, transition to, uh, you know, our next phase of our day. Yeah, I just so one of the things I wanted to say, though, was that made me think about this as we were talking. Um, I sat down with individual. Uh, he's a supervisor, right? I sat down with him and he was saying, Corey, I'm, I'm, I'm swamped because I can't get my work done. The managers keep telling me to do stuff. Yeah, I get it. I'm good at my job, but they just keep throwing stuff at me and keep throwing stuff at me. And he was like, I don't want to say no. And I was like, well, what's the reason why? He said, because I don't want to get blacklisted from any promotions. I don't want to you know, get put into another. So the thing is, as companies, especially as leaders, members of management, you know, executive uh, you know, level people, are we stifling our teams? Are we are we kind of like boxing them in because we always throw this term out here? Well, what does your brand look like? And then you start at work and you're like, well, is that really good for your brand? Or if you turn down this project, is that really good for your brand? Just realize that that statement doesn't come across empowering as, okay, well, what does my brand look like? Well, let me go ahead and fix it, right? It can, but you're trying to get something from me and you know that you keep piling things on, but you're trying to leverage and pull on my heartstring of my competitive nature or my my will to want to do better by saying, what's my brand? And so all of a sudden, then then you then you're tugging on my emotion now. And I'm like, I, I guess I'll go do it. Like, I don't want to make these people upset. Or maybe when I when I apply for a promotion, then uh, they'll look at me negative because I didn't take this project. And so ultimately, we sat down and said, you know what, we got to start learning how to say no. And it's not a bad thing. It's not it's not something that will necessarily bring you into the wrong direction because you have to start taking ownership over your position, over your life and your team, right? A lot of things that we always tell, you know, supervisors, managers, think about it. If it was your business, how would you run your business? Would you want your business? Well, in my business, do I want to just take on 7,000 projects? Maybe not. Maybe I do want to take them on, but that's one of the things. And that's, I guess that's my, my, my final take on it is, especially when we're empowering the leaders to empower their team, are we really like kind of snuffing their flame out by using terms like that to say, well, what's your brand? Why aren't you doing this? Is that good for your brand? And then you're you're putting them in a position to say, you know what, I'm going to just have to do this and I'm going to just have to be quiet about it. Mm, that's good. <laughs> I, I remember back to when I worked in this office and we had our lead. He was the um, the branch chief. And. Toxic toxic environment he would come in things like who want to get fired today like 
what's the point in you asking that? And he just had that attitude. And so his bosses got wind of that because people were leaving left and right. The turnover was horrible in there. And when his bosses got word of that, they made him come and apologize. And so this was his apology. He had all of us in this meeting. And what they did do was there was a separation, though. We had middle management. And then it was him. We should have never been interfacing with him directly, but he brought us all into this room, no middle management, and his apology was this. If I did anything to anybody, I'm sorry. If anything that I said offended anybody, any kind of way, I'm sorry. He did not take ownership for his attitude, for what he did, for his his culture and climate that he was creating. He just had to make an apology because now the higher ups were hearing that people were upset and they lost some great people. When I look at this whole thing with the Ellen show, she came out, she made a statement about people not being able to look her in the eye and not being able to talk to her on set. And she said, Oh, it's not true. But she apologized to anyone who felt disregarded. What does that mean? Either you did it or you didn't do it. (laughs) Right. If you didn't mean to do it, now look at yourself internally as the leader. You're the face of the show. What is it that could be, or how can a perception come off as you don't want to be bothered? Or even if you are introverted and quiet personally, and you come out on the show and you know you're more extroverted because that's what it calls for. What is it about the people or what is it about you that they're feeling like, hey, I can't really go and talk to her. So maybe there were some things going on in 2018 and people just felt like, hey, she has this certain attitude or they perceive that. Now I I don't feel like I have a gateway to go up. I don't have that chain of command. And even though this is supposed to be one of the more friendly environments, it's not very friendly when you're dealing with the same core culture of the middle-aged white male that sit in all the leadership positions. As I, I'm not a female, but I can think that if I was in that position, who is, who is watching who and who is going to hold who accountable when they're all the same or when they're all alluding or seem like they're the same. So, Picking the right leaders and developing those leaders. Not only do you need to catch, and like Aisha was talking about, finding those right people based on and understanding their behavioral tendencies, their gaps, their weak, their limitations. Now, how do I develop those people and help them close that gap? Because no leader is perfect. What is that leader's style? And then how can we reinforce or strengthen that style to make sure that they lead in the right way and make sure that their team members have the ability to not only be empowered, but also that if something's wrong, they feel comfortable and safe enough to go and speak to that person to remedy whatever issues may be going on. That's kind of my take on it. Yeah, and just remember that if you decide to go into a leadership position, 
that is what it's going to take in order for you to lead. You are going to recognize throughout this process, there's going to be some development. I recognize, oh, I, I fell into uh, something called promotion anxiety recently. Um, I was reading about it and I was like, that makes a lot of sense. You have a lot of people who get elevated into different leadership positions. But as you're moving up in the leadership chain, there is going to be a different scope of responsibility and people start to not feel that, feel confident enough. They don't believe that they can execute at that level. So now they might even revert to just what they were doing prior and not recognizing, yeah, as you're moving from maybe the managerial level to now strategic thinking, and now you're a vision caster and you're looking at things from even like a bigger level, there is going to be a level of development that you need. So don't feel that at any point that you just have it all made. There's going to be different levels of development that you're going to need from the first tier, mid tier to now the C-suite level. And now you're the CEO, CFO or whatnot. So know that if you are going to step into a leadership role and you're going to be leading a team, well, first off, know that you're a leader. <laughs> if you're stepping into a role where you have a team behind you, you are now officially for sure, 100%, you're a leader. And of course, we need to have self-leadership as well. But knowing that comes with being able to communicate to different people with different behavior tendencies, developing yourself, learning how to develop others and identifying the gaps and the areas they need to develop in. And also just recognizing that this is going to be a constant process as you move up in the chain. So just recognize that. And who knows, maybe these individuals that they were moving from executive producer and they were just going from different tiers, maybe didn't recognize that they had gaps, maybe even internally. Maybe they had personal things that made them that, or, or excuse me, maybe they had personal issues that they never remedied that now is trickling to the workplace because your personal stuff can also fall into your leadership. If you do have, let's say, for instance, again, they mentioned sexual harassment. If you do have a personal issue in that area and you're not working on that as a leader, will it trickle into your business or into your brand or into your um, employee relationships and professional relationships? It potentially can. So I want to remind all leaders out there to make sure that you're constantly being developed, not just professionally. I have all the skills and the abilities and so on, but also personally, because there's some things that you might need to remedy personally so it doesn't fall into the lap of your professional endeavor. So that's my take on it know you're a leader and then continuously develop as a leader. And that's why it's so important. And that's why I'm so happy that, you know, I was about to call us ACE, but ACT, ACT Consulting and Leadership, is we came together with this group because that is our goal to really embed that in leadership and developing individuals and really making organizational development look a lot differently so you are that company of the future. So so what did you guys think of part two of this episode? What did you take away? What did you learn? And I want to highlight some things. I like us again to take a step back, assess what we just heard so we can really implement that again in our business practices and how we lead and really again be proactive because that was why we created this series. We wanted a series where people could really start to think about how can we be proactive versus reactive. And this is ways, this information provides ways that you can do that. So one of the first things that I want us to highlight is who is more important? The person that has shares in the company, the shareholder or the stakeholder, who's more important, the team members or the person that's investing in your company, the person that has stock in your company? Well, if you really think about it, if your team members that are within the weeds of your company, interacting with your clients, they're the ones, as I always say, pushing your mission and your vision. If they are taken care of, if you support them, if you develop them, 
Don't you think it's going to help your company, your business, your organization run better? And that's going to keep that shareholder happy. I'm not going to get to the point where I want to sell my stock because there are breakdowns, because you've done the work necessary to take care of the people who are really within the weeds of making this business and this company successful. So although, yeah, shareholders are important, we want to make sure that our team members are taken care of. Everybody that's within that organization that is a part of making it a success, because if it's a success, then more people want to buy shares. More people want to be a part of it. And again, it's not all about the money and the shares. But again, if you really think about it, we want to make sure we've taken care of the people internally. So of course, we want to really make the team members, again, everybody within that organization, be the ones that are the focus just as much as we focus on client interaction and the externals. Make sure your internals are right. So that's through team development, employee engagement. I just did a series, or I'm doing a series now, after my You Need Leadership Development series, but I've been talking about employee retention and talking about different ways that companies, organizations, and again, leaders can start working on retaining their team members. And employee engagement is so important. That's, again, developing the team, making sure those peer-to-peer relationships are healthy, making sure you're doing your part to incentivize certain things and recognizing those team members that are, again, pouring into your company. So again, remember, it's not all about the shareholders. We want to make sure everybody that's within that internal inner workings of that company is taken care of. So are you taking care of your stakeholders? Are you taking care of your team members effectively? Also, when we talk about systems, we create systems in our processes to help cl- to interact with clients, to maybe even within the employee realm, there's systems from how you, you know, someone processes leave or how somebody really sends a complaint in, like we talked about in what um, Ellen had in, has embedded in their processes is this new process where team members can start to submit a complaint through this hotline. Well, if you have a hotline, what are you going to do to make sure it's maintained, that you're assessing it on a regular basis? So make sure that you are creating systems, but then within those systems, you're constantly checking to make sure it works. If somebody files a complaint, get feedback. Hey, was there any hiccups or breakdowns? Were there any delays? We said this was going to be a two-week process, but was it really a two-week process? Okay, it wasn't. Now, why? Why? Because you want to continue to fix those issues because, again, those breakdowns could be the reason why you might have breakdowns in the company, which could effectively affect or cause you to have a fall season as well. So make sure you're constantly checking those systems and those processes, identifying if there are breakdowns, if there are breakdowns, what is the breakdown? And if it's because one of your team members or one of your leaders isn't doing their part and they're not really going through this accountability process or they're stopping it because they're afraid that it's going to make them look bad, what is your accountability process? Accountability is big right now. People should be held accountable because essentially you're going to have to rebuild trust. If you find yourself in a space where there has been a breakdown, team members don't trust the company, and now you have to rebuild. But in this rebuild phase, you're really building trust again. I need to know that if you say you're going to hold these people accountable, you're really going to do it. And if I go through this system of complaints and it goes well, then okay, that helps me know that you truly are about this life. You're truly about the team and supporting us versus it, we go back to the same old love song. We're going to go back to the same processes that were happening before. We don't want to do that, especially when, again, an issue has been identified and now you're going back and doing the same thing over and over again. So make sure you're doing your part to rebuild trust, 
Make sure you're doing your part of not just focusing on shareholders, but also taking care of your team members, because again, those are the ones that are really interacting with your clients. And I want to make sure that my team members, when they interact with clients, they're they're in a good space. I want to make sure that I know what the issues are because they're the ones in the weeds of everything and I want to fix it. I want to, but I want to have a relationship with them as well. So it all goes back to relationship building. So I hope those takeaways help. Um, again, go check out my employee retention series on my YouTube page. It's in the show notes. And again, if you have any takeaways or things that stood out to you, shoot me an email or a DM on my social media, info at AishaThomas.com. Aisha.com, Aisha.org. Forgive me, it's not AishaThomas.org instead of AishaThomas.com. So again, if you have some takeaways, hit me up at info at AishaThomas.org or shoot me a DM, Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. Go to my YouTube video, check that out. And hopefully that information also helps you in identifying ways that you can start to really retain team members and really start walking this walk of really ensuring that your company is effective so you're not reacting every time something goes bad. You You actually have a proactive plan. So I appreciate you guys tuning in this week and I will catch you guys next time and you guys have an amazing week. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speakfire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M S A I S H A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe, turn your notifications on, and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.